Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I'm joined, as always, by Chad Jarvis. And how are you this Sunday, Chad? Oh, I'm not uh, not doing too bad, Noah. Um, enjoying a few celebratory beverages uh, currently that the listeners cannot see, even though I'm holding it up and showing you. Um s- Celebrating another Blades win, uh, eleven points clear, a third, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, yeah. All in all, po- pretty positive, good weekend. Um, uh, yeah, and enjoying it, winding it down. How are you, Noah? I'm good. I mean, my computer uh, decided to take a big old shit on me yesterday. I was all <laughs> set to do the Chef United Way watch along with you, and then you know, I get up at. The ass crack of dawn, um, aka five thirty. I go in, into my office, pull up the computer, and the screen is blank. And you know, I'm trying to troubleshoot, and I'm trying to troubleshoot, and you know, the stream's about to start. And I, I text you, and I'm just like, "Well, my computer's not working." So, uh, thank God for Captain Casa Robert Kitson, man. I, yeah. What? What? What a legend! Like, yeah. He, not only not only it was he able to step in on short notice, he does a phenomenal job on a weekly basis. If you don't follow him on Twitter, go ahead and give Robert Kitson a follow. Another Yank Blade, and yeah, he's amazing. Love that guy. Yeah, he does. He 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 bails us out when we get in in sticky situations, and then he always does a great job on the commentary. And uh, yeah, he's he's the five tool player. Um, almost like a utility man in baseball. Um, he just he he just plug him in and he works everywhere. Yep, yep, definitely. But yeah, you're right. Look, another three points, eleven points clear of third, as you said. And I mean, we're flying at at this point. And I mean, everybody's estimating that we need eleven more wins in order to secure promotion. Eleven from nineteen. At this point, it's certainly possible. You know, definitely not not writing it off. We're in, in pole position right now uh, to really capture that second promotion spot. But, you know, oh, as always, we never want to put the cart before the horse. We are United fans. We have seen we've seen us drop like a stone before. So cautiously optimistic here going into the last 19 games of the season. Is that it? Is it only 11 of nine, 11 from 19? that's what everybody's estimating yeah it doesn't really seem like that's too far astray from you know like it it seems like more of a manageable type goal honestly and and it's not me being like being like oh my god we're not gonna lose any more games this season yeah we're gonna we'll drop points we'll lose games of course we of course we will it's just it's just human nature but I mean, it it feels very manageable, and you realize that that number is probably going to come down too because the teams below us are absolute ass right now, and they keep dropping points. So that is probably going to drop the gap because we can we can almost afford to have a couple of draws as opposed to wins, and you know. I think we'll be fine. Obviously, yeah. like you alluded to, you know, we don't want to put the, the cart before the horse. Um, I mean, we could absolutely freaking implode and lose every one of our games from here on out, but I don't foresee that happening. 
I mean, especially if, you know, if we continue to click and win games where we play terribly for 30 minutes in the second half, like we did yesterday, I mean, I'll be honest, that was one of the worst 30 minute periods I've seen United play. And we still managed to win by two goals. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, I I would agree with you. And I was listening to um, the guys on second tier podcast, which if you guys listening right now, don't listen to their podcast. It's a, it's a very good podcast and it just covers the championship. And they said when they, they, they lump us and Burnley into the same category. Like they talk about the rest of the league and then they're like, okay, we're going to go to chef United and we're going to go to Burnley and we're going to talk about, you know, comfortable wins for the blades and they started covering us and they're like, well, you know, Chef United won again, but it wasn't really pretty. They kind of almost like fell into that one. I would say it was like the, for spells of the game, we went, you know, we went missing and we were Stoke were definitely the better side. Just Stoke cannot score goals. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look, how many times have we said it this year? This is what promotion sides do. They find a way to win games in which we're not playing particularly great, where some of our attacking players go missing for for stretches of the game. And, um, you know, we get we're getting goals from places that even last year, you know, we weren't really getting goals from. I mean, Jaden Bogle, two goals in this game at right wing back. And, you know what? He's so skilled, man. I mean, yeah. the runs that he was making throughout this game, I, for my money, I think this is one of his best games in a United uniform, you know? Oh yeah, I would agree, and, you know? And we can talk, we can talk all we want about some of the decisions that Chris Wilder made as far as, you know, who we brought in Max Lowe and Jaden Bogle, you yeah. know, for what we gave up um, or for the amount of money, I think we spent 7 million on both of them. If yeah, memory was a package directly. deal, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was a package it. deal. Both of them have really turned out to be, you know, complete complete players on either wing. Like, in in I agree a hundred percent with you. You know, people talk about yeah, and like <clears throat> people talk about the players that are going to get picked off of United. You know, if we were to go up and then next year didn't go as planned, and you know we got relegated. Bogle is one of those players we have to watch out to because if, yeah. you know, he's going to be a regular starter if we were to go up next year in the Prem, but he necessarily doesn't have that much experience because he played sparingly in that season we went down, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I think he was injured for part of it, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And, um, you know, Balduck got a lot of minutes in that season. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing. Like Bogle will probably get the start if we were to go to the Prem next year. And he's his inexperience is going to show against Premier League defense. Right now he looks like a world beater because some of these defenses in the championships are absolutely terrible. But a lot of a lot of like, I don't know, middle of the road Prem teams are going to see him and be like, man, there's a lot of talent for that player. So that's another player we're going to have to worry about getting picked off of us if we were to have that deal where we drop down, like we go up and then go back down of players we might lose. But I think his price tag will go up though for us. I I think if we do wind up going up this year, we have to be very shrewd in the offseason. And, you know, I mean, Because if you think about it, we have a bunch of contracts that are expiring this year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we need to maintain our quality players, you know. 
Um, and I, I, Illiman and Jaya, I, he's, uh, he's neglected to sign another deal at this point. Um, you know, I don't know where they are as far as negotiations are concerned. I think he's our player, at least through the end of next season, as far as I know. Um, I mean, if we go up, keeping him is probably going to be the highest priority. I don't know if, you know, based on that performance yesterday, I don't know if Sander Bedegay is going to stick around. I I could easily see him going back to a continental team, um, you know, somewhere in Europe and us just, you know, trying to get 17, 18 million for him. Maybe we'll take the loss on Sander Bedegay, but um, you know, I mean, w- w- the biggest hole that we're going to have to fill, I think, is in midfield because I don't think Flex is going to get re-signed. No. Obviously, the two Man City kids are going to go back to their parent club, and we're going to need skillful players in the midfield. Although, you know, the 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 kids are going to go back to Man City. I would I would float a deal out there, you know. But the, the whole thing sell is, back is, clause, basically. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, that's probably what I would do because but the whole thing is is they look so good now. But then a year from now we're in the prem and we're like, "Oh, McAtee was absolutely terrible because he's never played with this caliber of competition." You know, yeah. I don't think he's going to adapt to that level the same way it only took him a a few games to adapt to this level, if that makes well, sense. I could easily see Man City doing what Man United did with Dean Henderson and just two successive loan spells for him. You know, look, he he can do it in the championship. So why, why don't, you know, they cut, try to see if he can cut his teeth in the Prem with this mm-hmm. recently promoted side again, if we go up. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it, it, all of this speculation is, is great. But I don't really think it, we're not promoted yet. We we really need to just keep the focus on, um, you know, getting to where we want to be, getting back to the promised land. Which at this point we're in a good position to do, but job's not done yet. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100. percent It's it's crazy though that we're 11 points clear of third place. Like in what world would we ever think that United was gonna be? 11 points clear and then Burnley's yeah. 16 points clear. It's yeah. like it's it's like mind is blown. At, at this point, you know, I I mean really I'd like to see us get within striking distance of Burnley, but Burnley ha- have just simply not dropped points, you know. They're no. just even in a tough game against Coventry yesterday where Coventry didn't let them have a sniff really until what the 90th or sorry, 80 something minute is yeah. where they scored. You know, I mean, they're just finding ways to get it done and not dropping points. So I would like to see us get within striking distance. We we have a, a, a run of relatively difficult games coming up. You know, we're past that point where we don't, you know, where we had our easy games with more bottom level sides. And now we're getting into some fixtures that are going to be a little bit difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I want to see where we can be tested. You know, against like the sides like Norwich and in and, and teams like that, we got to play Watford again. We got to play Burnley again. So I'm just curious to see where we stack up um, going forward and how it can work out like for us and make us better, you know, going forward and hopefully going up next year. That would be 
that would be badass be great be great well what do you say we get into our minute by minute review of our game against stoke city yesterday and the first chance of the game came to stoke city and I think it was like either the third minute or second minute, Powell passed over to Baker just outside the box. He takes a nice dribble and then a shot with his left foot. And it's a little tricky for Wes, who claims the bouncing ball, but, um, you know, good early save there for, for Wes Fodderingham. Yeah, I mean, uh, it certainly didn't start the beginning of the game. The first few minutes didn't start how we thought it was going to be, and it would allude to, you know, the final possession stats. But, uh Yes, Stoke started on the front foot, which was a little surprising. Yeah, yeah, definitely. On eight minutes, Ahmed Hodzic, great little run before feeding Billy about 22 yards out. He one-touches the pass for Njaye, who finds McAtee. McAtee over to Lowe on the left wing in space, and then Lowe, fantastic ball for Njaye, who just stabs it through two or three defenders and past the legs of goalkeeper Bonham. 1-0 to United, and... I mean, that was just the start that we needed, right? I mean, we've yeah. talked time and time again about quick starts this season, and it was another game in which we got a quick start and an early goal. And Iliman and Jaye, 17 goal contributions in 27 games for the man. Unbelievable. Uh, yep. I mean, there's not really much to say, but it was a good ball in from Max Lowe. Just kept it on the floor, and and I just kind of swept it home. And we're up 1-0 inside of 10 minutes, and you're kind of like, this might be the scoreline that everybody kind of envisioned by, like, when I did the watch along, we asked for score predictions before the match, and everybody was throwing out 3-1 was a popular scoreline, 2-1, there was a couple 4-0s, 5-0s, stuff like that. Yeah. And you kind of felt with that early goal, like, this might get out of hand early. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was my thought too. I like who could have predicted this, that second half that we, that we would have, you know, where yeah. we just couldn't get the ball forward at all. Um, on 17 minutes and Jaye passes to McAtee at the top of the box. He definitely gets away from his man with a quick dribble and takes a shot that is high and wide, but it's pretty close. And you know, it's a good opportunity for Mac there. Yeah. I mean, he, he performed well in this game too. I mean, he, he's, he's getting better, man. It, it It's like the, the, the amount of time that it took for him to get acclimated to this league. Once he got acclimated, he's almost been on an upward tra- trajectory. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. I mean, you said it and we said it earlier. So 21st minute Wilmot put in an errant cross that Wes had to deal with tipping it over the bar and conceding a corner there, but um, kind of a nervy moment. As uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't think Wilmot had any, you know, any idea that it was going to be that close. I, I think he was probably trying to put it, you know, just outside the six-yard box, and ended up testing West there. Yeah, um, my case for I wouldn't say another goalkeeper, but my West not being so sure-handed. West continued in this game. He just looked a little shaky in this game. I, I thought he did well enough. He dealt with everything that he was able to properly deal with, you know? Yeah. He, he like, I, for, for my money, I mean, most of the balls that he claimed, you know, off of set pieces, off of corners, he did so cleanly. The saves that he made were really, really good saves, especially in the, in that second half. 
you know, I look, and it was just kind of a fluky goal that that ended up going in that we'll get to in a, in a little bit yeah. here. On 23, Baker passed to Thompson, who took a shot from outside the box that was high. 24th minute, Baker finds Powell, who takes a shot that Wes makes a diving save and catches it cleanly. But, you know, it was kind of a change-up sort of shot from, from Powell there. Like, really didn't test Wes at all. On 27 minutes, Wes is injured momentarily when he gets basically forearmed in the back of the neck. But he gets up and, you know, bravely finishes out the game there did you have any concern there when when it came through on the on SUTV and we were doing the watch along me and Robert were like man he got clubbed in the back of the head and there was no foul no nothing given and it's like all right Wes because we were just almost talking about Adam Davies and and like oh you know Adam Davies would you like to see him in goal or something I forget what the topic was and then we see Wes go down and was like Oh no, now we might really have to see Adam Davies come to the game. It's like, yeah. oh God, we spoke it into existence. But luckily, like you said, he was all good to go and uh continued on. Wait, not a bad game. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. On 33, I mean, wonderful individual effort from Jaden Bogle. He steals the ball back from a Stoke City player, drives down the right wing into the box, takes a shot that deflects off Phil Jagielka, and pass bottom into the back of the net, 2-0 to United. And, yeah, I mean, good yeah. job. So uh, a rare unassisted goal there. Thanks, uh, Jags, for, for assisting that one into the back of the goal. I will... Uh... We'll gladly take that one in. I mean, it was a well-taken shot by Bogle, though. It was a really well-taken shot, and it, you know, like you said, it it took the deflection off of Jags and, and went in the back of the net. But the moments of brilliance with Jaden Bogle is unbelievable, man. Because yeah. he could just go from being like missing for the longest time, and I've noticed this a, a few times in games that I've watched, he'll be like missing and then he gets the ball and just does instant magic and just flips the switch and then has a driving run and goes and scores a goal. It's like, yep. I mean, he's going to be a hell of a player if we keep on, keep hold of him. I agree. I, I absolutely agree. As we said earlier, we just have to make sure that he's, you know, in our plans. We don't, and if we do have to let him go, that we don't do so too cheaply. Cause you know, I think if a prem team comes calling, he's at least a 10, you know, seven to 10 million pound player. Yeah. Yeah. Into stoppage time in the first half, United give the ball away to Fox, who passes to Powell, who puts in what, you know, as we said before, I'm sure was a cross that just bends past Fodderingham and into the back of the net. I mean, it was a poor goal to concede, especially right before the half. You never like to see that, giving them a lifeline back into the game. And uh, I mean, <laughs> You know, can you remember when we were keeping all of those clean sheets last year, Chad? Mm -hmm. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Yeah, Pe Pepperidge Farm remembers. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, we can't keep a clean sheet to save our lives right now. Yeah. It's like, what? I mean, I, I, I don't, I really don't know what the answer is because it's not like we're interchanging the back line or whatnot. It's just like. Sometimes it's lapses by the back line. Sometimes it's lapses by West. It's like a, it's almost like a combination of the two things to like, what the hell do we have to do to do right to keep a clean sheet? Yeah, we, we kept a clean sheet in the cup, but Millwall, like halfway through, like, we're giving up, dude. We ain't gonna, we, you know, you guys got two goals up on us. We don't want to really 
continue this match. We're just going to pass the ball around. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point, I'd like to see us shore up our defense a little bit more. Just, you know, I mean, I think keeping clean sheets is important for confidence, you know, and when look, when push comes to shove, if we're going to need to win 11 games out of the next 19, you know, we're going to have to keep at least a couple of clean sheets because we're not going to score three goals every game. Yeah. And then it's, you know, if you look past that, if we reach our goal at the end of the season, going forward into next year, if we're giving goals to champion to lower half teams in the championship, these prem teams will turn us over. And that wasn't a thing we had to worry about in, in the, the wilder season, you know, yeah, we got beat every game, but we didn't give up. I mean, how many, how many times do we have those outrageous score lines of just getting absolutely hammered? If we keep playing like this, Christ, we go up next year. Jesus, we'll, our, we'll be giving up three game, goals a game. Yeah. Yeah. So the second half starts and the first chance comes to Bogle as Berge passes to him at the top of the D. He takes a shot that's really wild and goes out of play. And I, I'll be honest, I was a little frustrated with Bogle here because, I mean, surely we could have had a better shooting opportunity than what he took there, you know? Yeah, and, and I think it's part of his growing that he does take inadvertent shots that aren't necessarily have eyes for goal and are going into the 17th row of the stands. Yeah. So, I mean, but everybody yep. has that. You can watch, you can watch, I don't know, man, man city. And you have Riyad Mahrez just fire a shot from point blank range and it goes 30 rows into the stands. So that never goes away. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, you know, your eyes light up, you, you know, you see that side of goal, your eyes yeah. light up, you hit it a little too hard and, yeah, I just would like to see a little bit more control from from Jaden Bogle there. Yeah, me too. On fifth on fifty seven, Injai is fouled by Laurent and gets a yellow card. I mean, Laurent gets a yellow card there, and this is perfect Norwood territory where the foul occurred. Norwood steps up, and I mean, he's close. It's just high and to the left with the shot there. Yeah, I mean, it was good effort, and I. When he lines up to take this free kick, I told Robert, I was like, he's going to hit this one. Because I, I think McAtee was standing over the ball as well. Yeah. And uh, maybe even Sandy Barge. And I said, yeah, he's going to line up and rip this one. And, I mean, it was a decent effort. He didn't miss by much, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Shortly after that free kick opportunity there, um, Doyle replaces McAtee. And I was a little bit confused about the substitution because I thought Berge had himself a shocker of a game and yeah. I would have liked to have seen Doyle replace Berge there. And I think that formation gives us, you know, something special, something interesting with McAtee playing a more natural 10, you know? Yeah, no, I would agree. And honestly, I, I said this on the watch along yesterday as well. If we take Sandy Barge and let him go, we really don't miss much. Honestly, by how he's basically how he's been playing in the last, five or so games, if we let him go to somebody else and, and eat the money that we get in in sending him elsewhere, I don't think this team really skips a beat. Yeah, uh, it, it's a tough one, man. I I think he does – on his day, he gives us something that we don't really have, which is, you know, his play where he's just kind of able to barge – no pun intended, um, into the box, you know, and, and 
place good crosses. And look, he almost had a goal in this game. You know, let's not take that away from him where he just, you know, he, he had a brilliant back heel pass uh, given to him by Jebison later on, which we'll get to. And, you know, he just fired it over the bar. I mean, he had yep. the goal gaping and he just wasn't able to take the chance. So look, he does get into good positions. I, I, I'm inclined to disagree with you, Chad, is what I'm saying. Um, I think we do miss him if he goes, but we do have coverage at the moment. Um, my yeah. greatest concern is that, you know, with the exception with, with the exception of Doyle and McAtee, in, in the midfield, we really don't have that many more players. I mean, Osborne, you know, yeah. Fleck when he comes back, maybe, but Fleck's not the same player that he was a few years ago. Mm-mm. No, no. You're probably right when it comes to the injury side of things in in the depth. But, you know, if we were to let him go, chances are, well, no, we probably wouldn't. That's that's a completely false statement. We would just bank the money. We wouldn't buy anybody. And then mid-March or April, we'd be screaming out for another midfielder. But, yeah, I mean, we'll probably keep we'll probably keep hold of him. You know, if we if the club was in a different situation, in a different place, and this rumored takeover deal wasn't going through, and we were more apt to spend money, I would say let's let him go. Let's let whatever whoever is interested in him take him, get the money, and then buy another midfielder. And probably if we can buy if we can get another midfielder midfielder in the championship, we probably bank some of the money and take a I don't know, four or five million pound midfielder. You know that has that would help us in the next level if we went up, and we could bank most of that money we would make off of him. I think. Yeah, yeah. Again, pure purely speculative here, because um, yeah. I don't think any of that is going to happen. I don't think we let um, Burger go out, and I don't think we bring anybody in either. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm probably in the same boat as you. So getting back to it here, I mean, we had a lot of trouble for about 30 minutes, as we said beforehand, you know, in that second half, we just kind of lumped it forward on goal kicks or clearances and then allowed Stoke to come again and again, like towards our net, we could not connect two passes for a good stretch there. No, and in this isn't the first game that we've not been able to do that. I mean, literally... Stoke had the ball and they would give it to us and then we would immediately give it back to them. And I said this to Robert. I was like, literally, all we're doing is pushing the ball in a circle. Wes would lump the ball forward. It would go up the right-hand side. It would probably either go out of play or we would dribble it and give it to Stoke. They would pass it to their goalkeeper. He would he would hoof it forward to the right, up the right-hand side it would go out of play for Stoke and they would give it back to us. And then, so we were having to hoof it at around 500 and it's like for the, for 15, 20 minutes, we just, that's all they did. They just hoofed it around. It's like, what the hell are we doing here? You know what the most frustrating thing for me personally is when you go goalkeeper to goalkeeper on, on, on a, um, on a goal kick that pisses me off. Like, no, like, at least try to get it to Jebison, you know? Yeah. And it remind does it not remind you of when we were in the Prem? And that's yeah. all Aaron Ramsdale would do is lump it forward. McBurney would swing and miss every time because it wouldn't the kick would be miles past him or it'd be way short. And so he'd go to jump and be like 
he would miss it. It wouldn't get in control, and it would go back to the the opposing team, and then they would come again. It's like, yep. dude, this is so much shades of twenty twenty season. That's like, it's like, do we not learn from that or what? Because we keep doing it. Yeah, I, I look. It's one poor stretch of thirty minutes in the last seven games. Really, you know. Yeah. Maybe two, maybe one or two poor stretches of about 30 minutes. Um, I can't really fault the boys that much, but it wasn't enjoyable to watch, I'll tell you that much. No, I was like, watch your paint dry, honestly. Yeah. Anyway, on 62, Stoke get a free kick in about the same area as that free kick taken by Norwood. And Lewis Baker is able to go over the wall, but Wes is there to make the save easily enough. And then some concern as Josh Laurent put in a hard foul on Illiman and Jai, who had to come off because of the injury. And I mean, at the end of the game, you know, he seemed to be in good spirits. He was kind of walking around, just had like an ice pack on his knee. And which leads me to believe like it, it's not serious. It's just kind of precautionary taking him off because, you know, you don't want to if he was a little bit injured, you don't want to exacerbate that, you know, having him go a full 90 or whatever, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, it's better to 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 just take him out early and kind of preventative maintenance on him. You don't want to exacerbate the injury in or perceived injury and turn it into something where he's out like, you know, a couple of weeks or like a month or so. You yeah. know, I understand if we got to take a hit and he's out for Hull and you probably sit him against Wrexham, but you know, that's that's the one thing that Hecky did is getting him as soon as he went down, they took him right off. There was no, they left no doubt, which I like. Yep, agreed. I I thought that was a good move by the coaching staff there. So Daniel Jebison comes on and, you know, all of a sudden, an absolutely brilliant chance at 76. Bogle drives towards the box, passes for Jebison, does that back heel for Badgay. Goal is gaping wide, as we said. And he just fires it over the bar. I, it was so frustrating. Yep. Um, you are, That's our third right there. And that's, that is our third. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, dude, I, I don't, I'm, I, I don't have an explanation for it. Yeah. Yeah. Me, me neither. And then on 82, I mean, this was Stokes' best chance to level it as a long ball finds Tyrese Campbell at the byline. He twists and turns away from his coverage, puts in a really, really good ball that finds the head of Jacob Brown, who heads it down towards the corner of the net. And Wes is there to make the save. Nervy moment, but, you know, at the end of the day, a good save by Wes there. Yeah. Yeah. It was because, you know, <laughs> at this point, we're like, Stokes been the better side. There's a goal coming and Stoke could level this game up and they shouldn't have been anywhere near us in this game. Yeah. I I'm yeah, I agree. I agree. And then finally on 90 Doyle passes for Bogle in space. He drives forward infield, takes an awkward like deflection off of him. And then Doyle is able to get on it and he finds Bogle nobody around him it's him and jebison basically and he just gives it a little tap 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 as you said on the live stream yesterday and <laughs> you know that was pretty much it that put the game to bed and as we said another great win for united was it the best looking win of the season no i mean no. that's just about as ugly as 3-1 gets mm-hmm. to be honest with you but we're getting it done that's all that matters yeah we're grinding them out um like to the neutral, you show them the scoreline, they're like, oh, 3-1, United must have dominated them. 
No. I mean, Stoke, we were in it for, you know, like you said, the 90th minute and we got our third goal. And, I mean, it would have been so united if Bogle would have been so wide open and just skied it over the bar. That <laughs> they bring Because if you did that, it would have brought back memories of Didzy every time we were in the Prem and he just had like a point-blank shot and it somehow skied over the – <laughs> skied over the goal. Um, yeah. But no, it was a uh, – I wouldn't say a good win. It was an okay win. Another three points, and we kind of – we can cross Stoke off the off the, the list of teams we have to play the rest of the season, and uh, we just move on to Hull. Yep. Yep. Man of the match, I think I know who you're going to say because it's blatantly obvious, but um, – I'm going to say – Koulibaly for not no I'm just kidding um yeah I'd, I'd probably go with Bogle um yeah two goals you could say and I and I think didn't the club give and I the, the man of the match think, they give, yeah yeah like how the hell do you not give it to Bogle he's got two goals and you still give it to him and I they're just like saying here you go have this oh by the way we gotta have contract talks as well so <laughs> you owe us one um yeah yeah, but, I mean, how could you not say Bogle with two goals? Yeah, agreed. Bogle was clearly the man of the match. I mean, the runs that he made in this game were unbelievable. Took his both of his goals very, very well. Tommy Doyle, I thought, also had a good cameo appearance. Um, mm-hmm. Max Lowe, quietly, um, getting an assist in this game. And I thought he played very well. And, like, as we said earlier, I mean, these are our two wingbacks of the future. And it's good that they're getting minutes together. Um, you know, they're playing together. They obviously came over from Derby together. And yeah, it's it, it's just good to see. You, you love to see it. And I, it's sad because it was kind of, you know, it, the injuries have forced Hecking Bottom's hand because I think Balduck is down and uh, Stevens is down as well. So we're kind of just lacking options, you know, at the wingbacks. And the good news is, is that it, I think those are our two best wingbacks in Bogle and Lowe. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that 100%. So we move on. We've got a game this coming Friday. We are playing a whole city at home, and um, I think it's a 745 GMT start. And whole city, um, they've been on decent form recently. They did draw at Huddersfield, um, or I'm sorry, they drew at home to Huddersfield, and it took a 98th minute goal by Oscar Estupinian in order to level it there. And I don't know if you saw, I, I don't think you saw this, Chad, but mm-hmm. um, they went absolutely nuts and were like taking the piss like from the, the Huddersfield. I mean, I guess it's a local Derby. So, you know, that's why they were extra fired up. But at the same time, man, like they were celebrating like they won the FA Cup or something like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, Wow, how the turntables have changed. <laughs> oh, um, how the turntables? Oh, how the turntables have changed. Because remember <laughs> remember at the beginning of the season or in the reverse fixture when we played them, Estupion was, oh, so many goals. He was leading the league. He's on 12 goals now. I think he was on seven when we played first. In September, maybe six, something like that. He was leading the league, whatever. He hasn't really done much since we've played him. Who, who's um, leading the league in goals now? Um, Good question. Top scorer is Akbom from uh, Middlesbrough. 
but Estupion is on 12 with my favorite player of all time, and I wish Blades would sign him, Jokeresh. Uh I just love saying his <laughs> name. Um, I think Hull were near, because I think in the reverse fixture, weren't we top of the table, and yeah. Hull were, were up there, and then we just absolutely dominated that game. We ran out 2-0 winners, but I mean... I, yeah, they didn't really they, have much of a dropped, chance. They've kind of dropped like a rock, and we've kind of held steady, so... Yeah. I would almost assume that's how this game on, on Friday night is going to go. Yeah, let, let's just cover their form. Um, prior to that last game that they drew against Huddersfield, uh, they beat Wigan Athletic 4-1. Two goals from former Blade Tyler Smith, Estupignan also getting on the score sheet in that one. And then prior to that, they beat Birmingham away 1-0. And then a pair of draws against Blackpool and Sunderland, respectively. So, you know, they haven't lost a game in the league since November, which is pretty impressive. But they sit 16th in the league on 34 points. It's crazy. They haven't lost a – I mean, yeah, there was that big month gap where we didn't play a game. But, yeah, that's still impressive uh, run of form for Hull. So, yeah. not not probably going to be an, an easy rollover game uh, in in a win for us, but I think we should. At the end of the day, I think we this is one of those eleven victories we need to get to promotion. I think yeah. we should do it. Yeah, I I think it should not be a terribly challenging game for us. I just think we are obviously a better side, but who knows? We could have we could have another off day. Um, yep. As far as players that we have to look out for, obviously, Oscar Estupignan, we have to look out for him. Tyler Smith, he's been in the goals recently. Uh, Slater, of course. Yeah. Longman, Doherty, Sari, uh, Christy, Jones, McLaughlin, and Greaves round out their back line. And then they have Matt Ingram in net. So um, I'm expecting that they're going to start a very similar lineup to um how they lined up against Huddersfield yesterday. Um how do you are are you expecting a similar side from United? Do you think Njaye is back in the side or do you think the injury is warrants him, you know, dropping from from the starting eleven? That's the that's the biggest question mark. And I think if Njaye does I think I think Jebo might get a start up front and you know the back line's probably going to stay the same. Obviously West and goal. Um Tommy Doyle, for me, replaces Sandy Barge. Um, I'll say like and die. That. I'll say and die starts. Just the fact that he's going to have, I mean, not a full week, but um, he'll start. And I think, I think we'll give the skipper a rest, and we'll put Jebo in. Do you think maybe we see McBurney on the bench, or is it too soon? Hopefully, I'd like to see it. Be, it'd be encouraging if he was on the bench. That way yeah. we can be like, where's how long is this injury ankle injury gonna keep him out? Um he did tweet yeah. out, and I did see a tweet from him, you know, he responding to somebody who asked if Ollie McBurney's leg had been amputated, that he, you know, he's on the mend, um, yeah. but obviously not fit enough to make the bench yesterday. And look, we've only got a what six day gap in between games here, so we might have to wait until you know, that Wrexham game before we see him on the bench at least. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, what about a score prediction from you there, Chad? I'm going to say 
because we don't we don't keep clean sheets. So Hull's gonna get one. Um, I'll say four one. Four one. Yeah, well, four one. I, I wanted like to, to go five nil, but um, I'll reel it back in and say four one. I think in well, and Die will get one. Egan, Wrigley, Spearmint, Johnny Egan will get one. And then we'll get one from Jaden Bogle because he'll keep in the goals. And then we will get one from a Ali Norwood penalty. We need to, we, we've played a <laughs> lot of games without penalties, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd like to see that. I, I, I want to see Ali Norwood get a goal. However it happens, uh, you know, I don't mind if it's from a free kick, if it's, you know, just an absolute missile from outside the box, that would be great. Or if it's a pen, you know, yeah. although if Sharp's starting, I think he takes the pens. Yeah, that's true. If it's Jebo up front, I do think that Norwood might, that's it. might take that's a pen. That's why that's the caveat right there. We need Jebo to or, start. Or Bedgay. Or if, if, if Bedgay's playing, he's taking the pen probably. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say a, clo- a little bit closer. I'm going to say 2-1 to the Blades. And I think if Sharp starts, he gets a goal. And I'll say McAtee is going to get a goal. Oh, okay. I think McAtee's due. Yeah, he is. Well, I think that is just about all the time that we have for this episode of the Red Half of Sheffield. If you are not going to be attending the game on Friday night, Chad is going to be doing another watch long. This time, it's going to be solo, Chad. Solo mission, baby. Solo mission. That'll be interesting. Make sure you participate and give him something to talk about uh, on YouTube there. Um, He'll be on the play-by-play and then, uh, you know, scrolling through your comments as well and if you haven't done so please follow this podcast on social media at red sheffield on twitter and at the red half of sheffield on facebook and chad where can the people follow you on social media they can find me on twitter and instagram at c jarvis underscore 13 and you can follow me noah snyder at sunpuck on instagram and at nestman 930 on twitter until this friday when we play hall in a derby <laughs> question mark a, a kind of a derby uh up the blades chad up the blades come on you red and white wizards mm-hmm.